Welcome to our podcast, This Life, The Chronicles of Autism Mums. I'm Alison Saraf, and I'm joined each week by amazing women who happen to have children on the spectrum. We talk about navigating the ups and downs of parenting kids with autism and how that affected us and our lives as women, professionals and mothers. Strap in, grab some tissues, sometimes you'll cry from empathy and others from laughter. Join us on our journey of this life. Hi, and welcome to this episode of This Life Podcast. And today I'm joined by Moira and Huma. Hello, ladies. Hello. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. And today we are going to be delving into the World Cup uh, situation that we have here in Qatar. Um, we, uh, For any of you listeners that don't know, we actually reside in Qatar. And the World Cup celebrations are looming. The flags are up around the city and the uh, excitement and the tension of this competition is building. And we are very excited to be here and to witness such a thing in a small city that we live in. Um, but along with that, uh, you know, we thought it'd be a great idea today to talk about um, the challenges that um, are faced by families like ours um, who have kids with autism and how we feel about large events, whether or not that be sporting, music, or, or whatever that might be, crowded areas, and how um, that can affect family visits mm. and um, family outings, and you know how we kind of navigate those. So for anybody who's listening, um, I'll just give a little bit of background, uh, because obviously these, this competition in particular, you know, the World Cup is huge, um, and, you know, there's so much happening here and, you know, so many celebrities coming, so many music events, so much happening that, you know, I think the majority of us would like, you know, would like to participate in, in some way. Um, but for some of our children, uh, just depending on, you know, their situation, they might find... Uh, large events with many people too overwhelming. Perhaps the sound is too overwhelming. Perhaps the crowds um, are a little too much for them. And also, I think for us as parents and families going together, it's how we meet the needs of everybody in our family group, especially when we don't know necessarily what to expect in those kind of situations. Um, so Qatar has put on um, some really, really great accessible facilities for um, for our families. Um, FIFA are telling us that it's going to be the most accessible World Cup yet, which we're really excited to see what's on offer. I know that there's going to be some sensory rooms in some of the stadiums, which is the first, and also that there are um, in some of the fan zones that are located around the city, um, that there are um, accessible areas in those fan zones so that there's going to be some quiet time available, you know, and... Um, you know, really to try and make um, make it as accessible and ability-friendly as possible. So um, we'll just get started with, um, you know, do you, as families, um, do you choose to attend large events? You know, have you been to any kind of big concerts or, you know, it could even be visiting a really busy museum on a weekend, you know, if you're back home or... You know, sporting events. Do you choose to, you know, if you saw Ed Sheeran like advertised, and you were like, oh, I'd love to go and see Ed Sheeran. Would that be something that you would automatically be like, 
no, we can't do that as a family? Or would it be something that you would uh, you would choose to do or shy kind of shy away from? Uh, I think if it's something that we really want to see, we would um, we would definitely try and go. I th- I think uh, we would probably more likely go to events where it wasn't absolutely necessary to stay to the end. Right. <laughs> like if it, we would go and see, get the atmosphere, get a. We went to Formula One last year, right. for example. Yeah. And that's not really something unless you're a diehard fan that you need to stay right to the end. You right. go and you get a, <clears throat> a snapshot of an experience right. and. And that was fine and everyone enjoyed it. But like an Ed Sheeran concert, of course, you'd want to stay to the end. So no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't take them because they would moan. Right. He, Callum would moan. Um, Orla would love to go to a concert. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, do, do you think it's kind of um, more about the, du- the duration of these things? And yes. How long oh, yeah. Definitely look for. into how long a show would be. Right. And okay. We've always gone to shows. We've always gone to the theatre and events and taken both the children. Um, when he was very young, Callum would probably spend a lot of time on the floor behind the seat. Right. <laughs> Occasionally popping his head up to see what was on the stage. Right. Why was it the sound that bothered him or the... Yeah, well, I can re- remember one in particular. We went to see The Lion King and I think he was equally fascinated and scared maybe right yeah. um so he wanted to see it but he didn't want to be yeah because <laughs> it's a big deal i mean yeah. that's like on a big big scale big, yeah. a big scale yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, it's, yeah. it's dark and that you know mm-hmm. if you go to a theater that's absolutely packed as well there's a lot yeah. of people because so uh, even for me actually in those situations sometimes it feels quite claustrophobic yeah. yeah i remember we went to um see mary poppins in the summer when we were back at home and um the uh We'd, we'd been to see Mary Poppins a couple of years back before COVID. And actually, speaking about COVID, that's actually quite a big thing as well, I think. And and we've really lost like two years of kind of socialization and all of these big events with our mm. kids. So it not only affects, you know, um, our boys, but also it can affect um, other members of the family as well because mm. they're not necessarily used to being in those big kind of crowds anymore. So I mm. think there's a lot of anxiety for everybody around yeah. these things now. Yeah. And I remember walking into this theatre in London and it was rammed and it was an, a matinee performance. So oh. there were loads of school children there. And um, I was just looking around, I was like, oh, this is so full. <laughs> and um, so we were just kind of getting settled and everything else. And... I do not remember it being so quiet the last time we were there. You know, when the when um, the show started, it just went kind of deathly quiet. And Noah knows... Perfect opportunity for them honestly. to shout something. <laughs> <laughs> and Noah knows all of the songs from Mary Poppins. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. Yeah. And I was... <laughs> Singing? Honestly, he was clenching, singing, but I was <laughs> I was clenching because he was singing, but everybody wasn't singing. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, very often well, he was. Sweet, well, he, was he, he speed singing? He was speed singing. <laughs> no, it does have, have, have a habit of speed singing to everything. Um, but also, when you other people pay to go and watch, yeah, Mary Poppins, you're always conscious that of... they probably don't want to be serenaded by <laughs> Noah and his rendition of, I don't know, let's go fly a kite, like yeah. really, really loudly. Oh, uh, 
But the thing is, two years ago, he didn't do that. You know, he yeah. would have just sat there quite nicely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, but also... But he would if he could. But he's progressed so much that he can sing it now. Well, he can, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I did not anticipate that. So I had him sat next to my eldest daughter, not me. And um, also he's quite animated as well. So as soon as a song finished or whatever, he would clap. He doesn't just clap. He's like this. <laughs> his like arms going everywhere. Oh. He's smacking my big daughter like on the side and his eye. And I'm thinking, oh, the people behind, they're not going to be able to see. No. So it, I had to the move The actors it. were probably thinking he's the best yeah. audience member we've ever had. But I was just, I, I, I am... Yeah, I was by the by the time the um, the interval came, I was just like had to have a word with him. I was like, no, I know you're really enjoying this, but you know, oh, let's tone it down. Just just tone it down. But it was the clapping, and then as soon as you tell him to kind of clap, ninja voice and kind of clapping, you know, slowly it becomes even more. You know, he's just very very animated. Oh. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think I would have been so stressed about it if it wasn't. Um, if it wasn't so busy, hmm. uh, because we were literally like kind of sardines, you know, we were all kind of just sat yeah. there. But also, I think it goes back to um, really caring what other people think, yeah. and also having to feel like we need to justify our children's actions yeah. and their behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it goes again back to you know this whole situation that we have with acceptance and. Yeah. Um, just thinking, you know, really about more than just that enjoying the moment, more yeah. about what everybody else is thinking about yeah. my son doing that, which the fact that, you know, if I was somebody in the crowd, I wouldn't care if somebody was in front doing that. It wouldn't yeah. bother me at all. But yeah. I think it's that judgment, which is like a human nature. Yeah. You know? Do you know what I would do probably would put Callum's sunflower lanyard on mm. just so that there was something visible of people went tutting. I know. <laughs> Someone was... <laughs> Tutting and looking round, and they would clock it maybe and think, uh, "Okay, I'll let them off." We didn't. We didn't have any tutting or anything. I think it was just my own fear that he was going to ruin somebody else's experience, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, you don't really want to get smacked in the side of the head by somebody clapping. Um, So, what about you, Hama? Do you um, or have you attended? Um, like kind of large events queued in queues at museums or mm. you know different things with your kids and felt comfortable about it and what's you know what's your yeah. biggest what's your biggest kind of fear to choose if you do or yeah. you don't do something um so yeah we you know initially um we would so if it's outdoors if it's you know open air so I'm less stressed because, you know, I'm like, okay, this is open. There's, there's no yeah. walls restricting. Yeah. He, he's able to move around. That's fine. When he was little, um, you know, as, as he, he's grown up, he's progressed. Um, I remember the queuing part. I remember waiting in line at, um, you know, the, the fun areas at, uh, in malls where you have to wait your turn to, to go on the bumping car. Yeah. And I remember how how difficult the waiting was for him that, oh, no, no, I have to have my turn now. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to make him that, no, no, it's not our turn. We have to wait. And then sometimes if someone more privileged would cut across and take his turn and it would be more frustrating, he's like, I've been waiting. Why did someone go ahead of me? So, mm-hmm. you know, just navigating all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was the constant stress that you carry. Yeah. And then 
and the formula one thing yeah, um they also went to that uh, my boys did i didn't go so it was just my husband and the boys and um i remember because he he loves cars and the sound doesn't bother him he likes the loud sound i think it's um, interesting actually yeah. that for mm. some kids yes. that would be like a really, really big thing, you yeah. know, in any of these big arenas or any big events, it's whether yeah. or not I know that that would not be a consideration for us. It wouldn't matter to us and yeah. obviously for you as well. But there are so many children that really struggle with, you know, those loud yes. sounds and noises more so than a crowd, perhaps. I, yeah. yeah, but I think it's, there's a difference between knowing that the loud noise is coming from that show right. rather than people right. all around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, because I remember one time I took them to um, they were doing some practice um, motorcycle racing, yeah. and whenever the motorcycle would go, they, it was a really loud sound amplified by the stadium, and and um, I remember it was it was too much for my younger son, but my eldest was more than happy with that mm. sound. It was exciting for him, and same at the Formula One, he was really excited, and then. Do you think he enjoyed the sound? Do you think he, that kind of did. added to the experience? He him? loves it. He loves these, he loves that sound. He loves, you know, um, so it doesn't bother him even when he's he's listening to some, some something on his tablet and the sound quality is not good, which would, which would like make my ears bleed, but he's, he finds it like. <laughs> Quite soothing. Yes. <laughs> right. and, and I remember like my husband coming home and telling me that he had, um, like altercation of sorts with the, another person over there because my son was I think he was fidgeting in his chair or he maybe he put his feet on the chair right. in front yeah. or something and then the, that person was bothered and he went to complain or so so I you know my husband was really upset that you know why are you making such a big deal mm -hmm. over a child's um you know just you know, his uh, just because he's, he put his feet up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, that's the thing that, you know, most people don't realize that. So, you know, that, that thing that, you know, the, the need to let out that energy. That move, that, movement. Yes. Yeah. And that's for any child, actually, mm -hmm. at, at any kind of large event, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. You know, that there, there is always going to be times when they need to fidget, they need to move around. Yeah. It's actually still a very long time, especially within kind of intervals, you know, when there's yeah. nothing happening, yeah. you know, the cars have stopped or they're starting a new race yes. or, you know, maybe a football game or, yeah. you know, maybe if you're a, a music concert or whatever yeah. and you're waiting for that kind of main thing to happen. Yeah. Because let's not forget, you know, in those environments, then very often it takes a good couple of hours to get in, get yes. settled mm -hmm. and everything else. So yeah. that anticipation is building. There's a yeah. lot of people around. It's trying to keep them yeah. kind of busy and occupied, mm -hmm. but also you know, having a level, a really high level of understanding about what they might be experiencing, what they might be going through. Yeah. It's um, when you need to buy lots of popcorn. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, more of a solution. That's yeah, the answer. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Take another mortgage out on popcorn. <laughs> on, on parking, exactly. Is he good with cues? I mean, waiting in cues or? I mean, he can do it. But um, because we you... utilize the card whenever we can. And if, and if he's stimming and waving his arms around yeah. i don't stop it because sometimes it gets us fast tracked because in, in, the, in the world yeah. cup there, there might be long queues there mm. and and you know uh, will the car <clears throat> i mean i i don't have a card but like do you think it'll oh definitely work? get one definitely okay yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, so what we're talking about here is, um, you know, we're talking about the sunflower lanyards, which I know are internationally recognised now as, um, uh, a, you know, identification of somebody with um, any sort of additional need, actually. Hidden disabilities. Yeah, and disabilities. And um, also we do have an accessible card here in Qatar, um, which um, we do, um, you know, we do use and we can use um, for certain situations, which is actually quite reassuring, yeah. to be honest, because at least you have some kind of level of backup. And as Moira said, I mean, we've actually both used that on numerous occasions oh. and it's really, really helpful, especially like in the airport queue and things like that, yeah. you know, and sometimes the queues are so long and, you know, you've got off of a long flight and it's really helpful to know that you've got that backup. Very often we don't use it, yeah. Yeah. but we know you know, that it's a security, you know, you feel like, oh, yeah. well, at least I've got my card if yeah. things, you know, kind of get to a point. Because, yeah. you, you know, you never know. Yeah. And I think it's the unpredictability of any child, but specifically our children as well. You know, lack of sleep, lack of food, waiting around, anticipation, anxiety, all of those things are super heightened in these kind of situations. Because um, I, So I do know that in a lot of the fan zones here, there's going to be accessible areas, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're going to go into those fan zones and experience all of the, you know, the activities and all of the entertainment that's been yeah. laid on at the same time, which is, sounds like it's going to be super fun, that there are quiet areas that you mm. can go take the kids. And I think it's really important to be able to identify where they are. And it'll be quite interesting to find out more about that and how we get access to those um, things. So uh, just going back to possible reasons, because we've, we've uh, the, the three of us that are here today, um, I know that, you know, we do try and attend as much as we can with our children. I'm, but I think for some, um, some parents, it's just too hard. Mm -hmm. And that could be, and actually just to give some parents hope, if you've got younger children, um, then... You know, we're talking about kids that are in their kind of teens and tweens now. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily be the same situation going back five or six years ago. Um, so, you know, just just talking uh, for, you know, for the sake of um, people that have got kids that are younger and they don't necessarily feel um, that they could take their child to some of these events. What are the reasons why, you know, potentially, I don't know, five or six years ago, why you would not have taken Callum or um, Haida to certain events? Um, I, d I don't think uh, that we didn't take. I would always make sure that, for one thing, if it's a seated event in a theatre or something, I always choose seats at the end of a row. Right. Okay, that's good advice. So yeah. we've got easy access. Yeah. If everything goes pear-shaped, we right. can just leave. Okay. Um, <laughs> quick exit exactly right um, if it's going to be especially noisy I always have his headphones in my bag right so um, they're noise cancelling headphones yes right? noise cancelling okay. headphones so I don't think that we would deliberately not mm. go to something yeah. we would always try I always want to expose them to different and also I think it's Finding perhaps finding things that are of interest to them as well. You think that oh, you yeah, might like, of course. or maybe introduce them to it before. So, for example, let's go back to the Ed Sheeran concert. Mm -hmm. You know, if they do particularly like music, maybe expose them to Ed Sheeran, mm -hmm. and find out whether or not it's something that they like. You know, we could be talking about anything here. Mm -hmm. We could be talking about you know interactive museums. We could talk about sport or whatever. Because I think very often, even if they don't necessarily 
particularly understand or appreciate the event that's happening. Mm. You know, sometimes that whole um, atmosphere can be really quite electric and really, really mm -hmm. quite fun. Mm. Um, so the reasons, I think the reasons why somebody might not choose um, to go to these large events is, I think it's the anticipation for the parent more than anything. Yes. Yeah. And the fear that... As you know, with everything, right. the anticipation yeah. is worse and, than And not the being able to plan event. because you don't really uh -huh. know what to expect yourself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think if your child is not good with change and also um, not good transitioning from one situation to another, whether or not it might be like a late night concert, there's still now no way that I would take my children to anything kind of like mid to late evening because... I think that for me personally, it, it just wouldn't work necessarily unless it was something massively engaging for them. Yeah. That they had a huge kind of... It would be kind of a waste of money. Exactly, <laughs> and interesting. But I think, you know, during the day, even like and like you say, it, it should be perhaps something that you can escape from easily if you need to. Um, maybe like noise cancelling headphones and things like that would also help as well. But I think that there are potentially kind of quite a lot of reasons why you would feel, you know, that a young, like a younger child wouldn't necessarily be able to attend for a particularly long time. Hmm. Um, what about you, Hama? Any reasons why, you know, um, Haida as a younger, his younger self would... Yeah. And actually, it's quite nice to talk about how far they've come in that time as well. Yeah. And also to give reassurance to parents that things do change quite quickly. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, if I think about where we were, you know, five or six years ago with Noah yeah. and, you know, what we would have entertained doing with him and now that, um, you know, just with a few adjustments and things like that and um, just kind of thinking, obviously we still plan and we still think things through that, you know, they're, they're, you know, mm. would be a lot of things that potentially we wouldn't have done then, which we mm. do now. Yeah. What, what do you think? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think that, you know, we haven't had a lot of stadium experiences, maybe once or twice, but stadium is, you know, open and big. And mm. so there's this sense of that, you know, you're not, you're still in an open environment mm. in which works um, all right. So, but there are, you know, there are certain, sometimes you're in a situation where you you are in a group of people like for example, a new house, mm. or so I've I've had when he was like younger, a housewarming or something like yes, that. Yes, like a birthday. Like yeah. All oh, right. The, yeah, yeah, like yeah. If I tried to take him to a birthday, yeah. he he would cry till he would faint, and then oh. I would just you know, so he would just it was so overwhelming for him that I'm not entering this apartment with full of these strange people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, pin drop silence and all the people staring at me while mm. I'm struggling with this right. screaming child. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was thinking like, even just like this small thing of taking mm. a child to a birthday was a huge, it was like a huge deal for me, mm. which if I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or just like, like um, in an unfamiliar place, like for example, traveling in an airplane and, you know, there's like, you're in an enclosed space mm. with a lot of people. Mm. That was a huge deal yeah. for, for him. And then... Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, the crying fits and the vomiting and so it was, and so, but the thing is that there, there are times when you have to, you have no choice. You have to take your child there. Yeah. Even when he's not ready for it, right. you know. Do you think the exposure has helped him yeah. to overcome oh. a lot of that anxiety and the, you know, the, the, the feelings that he had about uh, that? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. Because, you know, I, you know, I've seen that if I hadn't, if you don't expose 
the child, he will not get over that anxiety. Mm. I've had all three of my kids had some level of that anxiety where they would scream to the top of their lungs when people would think that I'm kidnapping that certain child, that you're not the mother. <laughs> you're, you're like, like no, let's <laughs> leave them here. And I'll take them. Literally, I had security guards following me. They're like, you know, observe this woman because this child is clearly not comfortable with her. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, so it's so embarrassing when I'm literally, I'm like, oh my God. So, and so I was like, no, I, I have to, they have to get used to it. Otherwise, um, because I've seen that it's, it's human nature when I came to Qatar and I was um, for one year I was totally alone you know I just it's my default setting that if I don't have to meet anyone I'll just you know I'll just be with myself so I was one year I was totally alone and my husband said oh I'm, I'm going to invite my boss for dinner and I remember sitting in the toilet and crying and I was like and I, my husband's like why are you crying he said what am I going to say to your boss what, what am I going to talk to him about? Like, I was like, I, I had zero confidence. I did not even know how to make a conversation with an adult. And this is because you'd literally stayed in with the kids for like a year. Uh, it was just basically. like me and my son. Yeah, because and you were too, or you, yeah. you didn't, you didn't feel you were ready to kind of expose you and him yeah. to environments. I, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I was thinking even me who mm. had no problem meeting people yeah. lost all, like I was yeah. anxious yeah. about meeting yeah. people. So I was yeah. thinking I, mm-hmm. We have to keep on pushing them to get out of their comfort zone, right. even if they don't like it. And yeah. and I, I know, as you said, my the biggest concern and biggest worry is that, oh, people are looking. Yeah. I hope no one says anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so just very... Um, very quickly before we wrap this um, this episode up, what... Um, can you share with, you know, I mean, you've just basically given some really, really good advice there, which is, um, you know, even if you are anxious and even if, you know, you haven't, you, you don't know what to expect, exposure is, uh, and I I totally agree with you. And and I think when you're in the moment, when you're, when you've got that younger child and, um, you know, it just, just turns you white, just even thinking about, you know, just color drains from you when you're feeling like, you know, you need to kind of step over the line and push yourself to, and push them as well to a point to, you know, expose them because, you know, it is going to help slowly, slowly. Um, it's, it's great advice. Um, and I think, you know, how would you go about, you know, introducing kind of that exposure just, just before we wrap up, what would you be your kind of top tips on, you know, exposing your child with the experiences that you've had? Uh, well, I think we did the opposite, actually. I think we would be more comfortable. <laughs> with the things that we didn't do would be uh, events with friends and lots of people that we knew. Right. We shied away from that, whereas we had no problems going to big events with people that we were never going to see again. Right. Okay, well, um, so it was, for you, you know, it was more about taking that step to go to big events and exposing in that way rather than have the added pressure of uh, interactions with people that you knew and kind of feeling that you had to almost justify. Which I regret. Which I I regret now. But I think it's a very fair point. And I think human nature states that you would do that. It's almost like two things to deal with, isn't it? It's like you're dealing, you know, with that kind of new environment for both you and your child, but also, you know, having to... And not saying that we should make any excuses or apologies, but it is human nature. That's, That's how we feel. So you're saying that you... But now... 
you regret that and you're yeah yeah we ready. should we should have gone and maybe it would have been horrific but probably it would have been fine mm. do you know yeah yeah. But we will never know. <laughs> <laughs> so try it, everybody, and yeah. see. And let Moira know how it goes with you. I think the key is don't turn down any invitations. Yeah. yeah. If you're invited to something, just yeah. go yeah. and see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Mo? Any um, words of wisdom, pearls for us? Um, yes, I think, I guess the same as uh, Moira. Just, you know, just see where um, where you and your child is comfortable. And just it, it's okay to just try and experiment and try um, new places and new people and what's the worst that can happen I mean my 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 son will just say that this is boring and I don't like the food and he'll just you know so and I'll never come here again so you know, so that's basically but at least we did it. Yes. So. okay great advice thank you ladies it's lovely to catch up with you Thank you for joining us for this episode of This Life Podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining This Life Podcast brought to you by Learn Autism. To learn more about autism, check out their website at learnautism.com. You can download this podcast wherever you find your favorites and if you prefer to watch us, all links are below in the description. See you next week and thanks for listening.